Hey, Coach Garlanda, how are you? Hi, gorgeous. How are you? How's my favorite doctor? We're doing fine. Coach Garlanda, we're so excited to have you. And I mean, our listeners are just going to be so blessed by you today. And we're just so excited and grateful to have you also as part of the Breakpoint Coaching Collective team. So thank you for being here with us today. I'm always excited to talk to you and your coaches and just it's such an honor because you do such great work across the globe. You know, I remember when you got started and, and you just have stayed true to your vision. And so it's really an honor to just be a part of your faculty finally. And I'm excited to share today. <laughs> you. <laughs> Guys, did you hear that? She said, finally, no. <laughs> so today, um, Coach Carlin, what I wanted to do was um, we're going to just have a down and dirty dialogue for our coaches, the trainees, and um, just those fellow moguls that are listening, our fellow coaches, um, about just some marketing frequently asked questions. And I know that you are a six-figure success coach, that you are truly a mogul um, in all the senses of the word, um, that you own your own real estate company, you've launched your own makeup brand. I know you've had several network marketing companies. And even now through your real estate company, you guys are heading into the construction side and the contracting side of that, right? Right. So we're very grateful also and honored to have you and walk with you. So ready to get started? I'm ready. I was born ready, baby. I know that's right. So guys, I just want to introduce you all to um, six-figure success coach, Pastor Garlinda Price. And I want to just tell you a little bit about her that she is and has been for over 30 years the owner of many successful businesses, and that God has used her through entrepreneurship to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So not only is she the CEO of Launch It, 30 Days to Greatness, Six Figure Success with Biblical Principles Seminars, book and workbook, she also is a coach that hosts group coaching and one-on-one -on -one programs where she impacts the lives of women by leading coaching and training. And then also she trains and coaches um, business owners to use godly principles to sit to get to their six-figure income. So I want to just take a moment to just tell you about her personally, and then I would love for her to introduce herself and share what she would have for you to know. And that is in addition to being an entrepreneur and my belly button BFF, if you guys don't know that we are twins, um, that she is also a wife and a mother. So she is the proud and loving mom to her precious son, Caleb, and beautiful daughter, Miriam, as well as a puppy mommy to both we just love and lastly she's a devoted wife to the greatest man on earth pastor marvin price jr um the best brother-in-law in the whole wide world he says he's my only brother-in-law which is true thank god for the last 20 some years so welcome again pastor garlanda um coach garlanda and maybe if you can just tell us you know some things that you would love for the audience to know that you would love for the coach trainees to know and maybe one fun fact about you Ooh, that's tough. Okay, so one fun fact about me is I'm fun. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I love Barry Manilow and Elton John. Like, that's a fun fact about me. I can't dance. I have no rhythm. And um, I'm a foodaholic. Another thing I would love to share, it's just as you were reading um, the, the things about me, I guess I would call them accolades. It's always hard to believe that those things are true, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're working and you're building or growing a business whether it's a job or a business you just feel like you're just growing a job or a business and so it's a blessing when you get to look look back 
and see where you come from and see that God never left your side. And so again, I'm grateful to be here with you and I'm even um, more grateful to be able to labor in God's vineyard to help other people through their entrepreneurial journey because you and I didn't necessarily have a mark. We didn't have that person to say, go this way, come this way, build it like this, do it like that. And so when God called me to do that, I got so excited about it because we can save people so much time. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's so true, guys. We definitely, me and um, Coach Garland, started from scratch. And when I say started from scratch, like, well, she is always and has been a pathfinder. So she's 14 minutes older. So she was always out front. <laughs> and I love that because she got the hard knocks and neology and things of that nature first. And then she came back for me, just like the disciples that came back for um, their brother. I believe it was Peter that came back for his brothers. And with that, um, as an entrepreneur, I've definitely followed suit after her and have learned so much from her. And so that's why I wanted her to be the marketing expert and a resident coach with Breakpoint Coaching Collective so that, like she shared, we can take um, our combined expertise 60 years between the two of us. But today we're just pulling on her 30 plus years to share with us all about everything marketing related for coaching, for business itself, for entrepreneurship. And we're going to have just some personal and professional um, discussions and questions today. So Coach Garland, are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Okay, cool. So the first question I wanted to ask is that I have some categories set up and that is the first category is getting started as an entrepreneur. And the first question I want to ask you is, how did you come to entrepreneurship and why? Completely by accident, um, because I was going to major in, I started out majoring in accounting and realized I wasn't good at adding, right? Because every time you miss a penny in accounting, you have to go back. And that frustrated me because I want to do it once and be done because I have a short timer's disease. So I switched my major to business administration and marketing. But what happened was I was at A&T our first year in college, as you know. And I happened to meet one of Jesse Jackson's sons. I think it's his older son or middle son, Jonathan. And when he was coming out the cafeteria, I tell this story in my book, but as he was coming out the cafeteria, he said, oh, are you new to a and I told him yes. And he asked him what I was majoring in. I told him I was undecided. I asked him what he was majoring in. And he said, I'm majoring in entrepreneurship. And I said, well, what is that? He said, you don't know what entrepreneurship is. But I honestly had never even heard of right and so I said no I don't and he said well when I graduate from college I want to own several businesses and I want to work for myself and so we left it at that and went on about our business and then fast forward when I transferred to Bevel State and came back home I started designing jewelry that was going to really be my second fun fact but I figured we needed to get started so I always thought I would be a jewelry designer right so people may not know that about me and Laura was like, boo, that's a hobby. That is not your full-time business, right? <laughs> that was my first business, my first love, my first passion was um, jewelry. And then why entrepreneurship? Well, I fought it for a long time. So I would go and get jobs. I wouldn't last at a job more than six, six months, maybe. I was, was going to say 90 days, but I would normally last a year. And for some reason, I couldn't figure out why I didn't want to stay on the job, but I wanted to be outside. I want, I'm like a sunflower. If I saw the window, I wanted to be where the light was. And so it really took Marvin being supportive to say, Garlinda, you're really a business owner. So that's how it came about. I love it. Oh, I love that. The sunflower. And you definitely are. I definitely could see you as a jewelry designer. But even that speaks to um, something that we'll touch on maybe in a later training or later um, connection is the creativity and the creative aspect of entrepreneurship. 
Um, but so that's a good segue into my next question, which is what other jobs have you held or have you had and did they prepare you to become a business owner? They absolutely did. And so um, I always worked in retail. So I felt like retail was a great job because you could use your money to buy the clothes. right? <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and then being in retail, it was easier to find a job, you know, because you could go, you could get a job. I could easily go into management because I had a degree. So I stayed in retail probably for about 15 years. In addition to working in retail management, I ran spas and salons. So we moved back from the DC area to North Carolina. I ran a multi-million dollar spa. And so those jobs and just the training that comes along with running a business and running a corporation and having to be responsible for budgets, hiring, firing, training, um, it shows you what kind of leadership leader you are and then what type of leadership skills you lack. So I feel like every experience I ever had, like I worked for First Union before it was Wells Fargo as a, um, I can't even remember what it was called, but like I did the loans when people would come in, I helped them start the annuities, I opened up the accounts. I was like a personal banker. Okay. And so job that I ever had, I feel like I took the training seriously and I've used that in some semblance within my businesses. That's really smart. And I think that really speaks to um, coaches that are maybe currently working a full-time or part-time job and want to progress into entrepreneurship, that definitely that's a marker and a way that they can stay encouraged to know that where they are is really just a proving ground for where they're going as an entrepreneur and they can add those skills. So the next question what? I have, I'm sorry, go ahead. To add this one thing is just based on what you just said. I think that we take our job experience for granted, you know. And again, I'm not trying to peddle my book, but I'm saying I speak about in the book is that sometimes people think they don't have entrepreneurship experience, but really you have life experience, which is entrepreneurial experience. So don't take your job if you're still working on the job when you find this video or you see this training, don't take it lightly the experiences that you've had up until your entrepreneurial journey because they will pay you well. I love it. And I do believe they, they prepare you. And even I think about your book, which is incredible. It's, um, can you tell everybody the name of it? Can you tell the coaches the name of it? And at the end, we'll share the information on how they can order it. Um, but I think that even that experience informs any of our writing pursuits or writing projects that we also have as entrepreneurs. So can you share the name of it? Yes. And again, I'm not peddling the book. I just keep going back to it because... That, that's what the Lord had me to share. And so it's called Launch It 30 Days to Greatness, Six Figure Success of Biblical Principles. And right now the mindset book is out of stock, but we have the workbooks in stock. And I think workbook is probably by far the best because it gives you a blueprint on everything I did from day one as an entrepreneur when I started creating jewelry to the day that I opened the real estate company to start your business, scripts, dialogues, lead generation. So everything you need as a blueprint for success to launch your own business. I love it. So, I mean, you just keep coming up with, um, taking us into our next question. So that's a great segue into our next question, which is how does an entrepreneur, how do I take speaking as an entrepreneur or a coach? Um, because, you know, through Breakpoint Coaching, one of the things that we're doing um, through my company is we're certifying and training Christian life coaches, but parallel to that, they're standing up a business. And mm -hmm. so with that, how do you take your business idea and develop it into an actual business? Although we train that, I would love to hear your expertise and your experience in that. So how do you take a business idea, be it uh, coaching, counseling, jewelry, the book, and develop that into an actual business in your opinion? 
So one, I want to say congratulations just for all the coaches you've launched out into the world. Like it's so amazing to me um, just to continue to expand and grow the kingdom through your practice. Um, But how I take my business idea and develop into an actual business, don't overthink it. So what I share with people that I get to talk to when they're like, I'm lost, I'm not sure what to do, is get some paper and write down everything that you're great at, right? Get get paper and write down, get a notebook, not just individual sheets of paper, but get a spiral notebook and think outside the box. Everything you've ever thought the fact that, thought about the fact that you could do, write it down. And so don't get pigeonholed into thinking, well, I'm just going to bake cakes. I'm just going to have a t-shirt business. So I'm just going to have a coaching business. Like really write everything down. And from there, think about the ones that can pay you the most first, right? Mm -hmm. So even though it's a great business idea, if it's not going to produce any capital and it's going to take too long to generate income, then it's not the one you want to start with because the capital is most important. The capital can fund everything else. Like when the Lord led me into real estate, he said, Garland, the real estate is going to fund your ministry and real estate will fund everything else. And so it had to be the starting point. At, the, at that time in my life. And so I just encourage you, get a binder, write everything down, and then narrow it down to the top three, which is going to be challenging for some people because entrepreneurs tend, tend to think, is that a squirrel? Like, you know, what is that? Everything is great. Everything yeah. is shiny. Everything is perfect. I can do everything. I should have all these streams of income. Well, you don't want trickles, right? So it doesn't make sense to have five trickles of income and seven trickles of income when you could start with one massive stream of income, one flood that will pour down into everything else. So write it out and then narrow it down to three things. Pick the one that you can start the fastest and make money at today, mm-hmm. right? The one that can generate you an income today and that's the one you start with. And then what do you do from there? Get you some business cards. If you don't have business cards, just launch on your social media. Start on Facebook, start on Instagram, but begin immediately without thinking, I need a website. I got to have, you know, a brochure. Just start. I agree. I think that's such excellent advice. And I love how one thing informs others. And what I mean by that is as a coach, because we, you know, those of us that start as coaches are also many of us speakers. And then many of us that are speakers are also um, published authors. And so you think about how you have all these symbiotic businesses that they ultimately do work together. But I do agree with you with starting with one thing. And there's an excellent book by Gary Keller, I think was the president or founder of Keller Williams, who wrote a book called The One Thing, Mm -hmm. One Thing Principle, which is really powerful. So shout out to that um, book as well. So the next question I have for you is um, startup cost. So would you recommend that a new business um, seek out loans to help with startup costs? Um, And did you take any type of funding? And if so, what are your thoughts on funding and equity? Lord, you know, I took funding, right? And so I hear people (laughs) all the time is, I don't want any credit cards. I don't want any credit card debt. Then keep working a job Mm -hmm. because then that, that says you're not ready. Right. And the reason I say that is because it takes money to begin a business and you don't necessarily want to take the money from your paycheck if you don't have to, to start the business. And so when I launched my very first salon, Dr. Carter happened to be working at First Union and she connected me with someone in the lending department. Well, that person was in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in Virginia. So when she asked me, she looked at my credit. She said, well, your credit's not bad, but you don't have any assets. And I was like, no, I don't. You know, I didn't have money saved up, but I knew the Lord was saying it's time for you to launch your own salon. 
So I was like, what's we going to do, Jesus, right? And so she <laughs> said, do you have a car or anything that's paid off? I said, yeah, my car is paid off. Now, y'all, she didn't need to know it was a beater. And so I said, yeah. she said, what year? I told her what year, what make, what model. She gave me a loan. I think it was seven or $8,000 against a paid for car. And that money was why I think she either sent me a check or wired the money into my account. And my very first salon, professionally yours, was in Stafford, Virginia. And I didn't think twice about it. Then my mom, of course, shared with me money out of her retirement account to launch the salon. And, you know, so when people say, should I use credit card? You absolutely should use a credit card. When I launched the real estate office, and then I'll go to the next question. Um, I was, the Lord woke me up that morning when I was supposed to launch the company. And, I mean, launch my first office, physical location. I already mm -hmm. had the but I didn't have a location and I had been writing all day and I was like Lord okay maybe I heard you wrong you know how you think you heard from God and then you realize like okay maybe I didn't hear from him I was on my way home and passed the location and said okay God I'll just go there tomorrow he said no go today so I called no I called and the guy said well can you come today and I said no I'm going home you know I'm really tired he said but I'm right here right now and when I walked in the Lord said this is your office so he told me how much he wanted for rent. I told him how much I was willing. I said, let me pray about it. Got home and I was like, well, Lord, I know that man wants money for his rent and real estate is very, um, I don't want to say cyclical, but you can get a check one day and not get a check for another 45, 60, 90 days. Right. So I was like, well, Lord, where, where's the money for the deposit going to come from based on what I want to pay? And I happened to go into my garage and I guess I forgot about a credit card I had opened or had. I had $4,000 on it. I did a cash advance and I launched my real estate office. And so you've got to use credit if you have decent enough credit to launch your business. I just want to share this right quick is you can go to CapitalOne.com. What I did was I Googled um, building, establishing business credit. Hmm. When I did that, it said business credit for people that have no credit or bad credit. Because you're going to be using your business as the, um, you're using your tax ID number. It's not based on your social. Right. It's based on your tax ID. So if you go put your tax ID number in, it's going to ask you for your business information. And you're nine times out of 10 going to get $2,000 in the name of your business. Mm -hmm. So it's a blessing to be able to start your business. And I encourage you to look into that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. And that's something I did not know. So Learning something new. It's always great having this conversation with you. I learn something new literally every time. Okay, you. so you're welcome. So I don't have these questions in any particular order, although, you know, I'm very orderly. I feel like I should. But what I want to do is just... Um, one question. I'm answering. What about giving equity? Okay. Um, I had a partner in my first business, and the Lord didn't tell me to have a partner. It was more like Abraham and Lot. Mm -hmm. So if God told you to go out and do something and he didn't tell you to take someone along, then I recommend you don't. Because it's, I don't want to say it stalled my business the first year, but I, lo I lost $40,000 my first year opening the office. Not my first year in real estate, but mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out how did I make less money with eight brokers and a business partner than I did when I was by myself and had already earned a six-year income. Well, it was because the brokers weren't working and I had a partner that was not in line in alignment with what God had told me to do. And the minute I got rid of all of them, my business came into an alignment. So before you think about giving away pieces and parts of your business and divvying it just so you can get money, I encourage you first to start out alone. Um, the best advice my father ever gave me, shout out to Garland Joseph Stewart. 
he's a Marine and he said, Garlinda, do not go into business with friends and family. And I've honored that. And when I haven't honored it, which is twice, it's kicked me in the high parts. Well, I think the other part too is thinking about giving out equity in your business, like you said, without soaking it in a lot of prayer, because the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So seeking out trusted advisors and talking to people that have been in business, like, you know, daddy who had that wisdom, but also definitely seeking God, asking the Holy Spirit for guidance. And then two, knowing when to do that and how soon to do that. And I definitely, I don't know about you, but I don't recommend anybody do that in a new business. I don't either. Yeah. Just to give you an example, um, and it's a more of a corporate world example, two, two corporate world, Warm Spirit was a company where when um, that lady, I know her name was Bernadette, but I can't think of her last name. She went, she started this incredible company and it was super successful. And then she bought an apartment. She didn't realize that behind her back, the partner had created a board of directors and they basically voted her out of her own company that she started. So now when they owned the company, of course, they ran it into the ground and went out of business a year later, but she wasn't protected in pursuit. She took on the partner for capital. Mm -hmm. Right. The same thing with Famous Amos. He took on partners for capital, not realizing they could vote him out of his own business that he established. And now he had to go and launch Nonami Cookies and it never took off like his original business. And so you want to seek wise counsel and seek wisdom and talk to Dr. Patrice Carter and ask her for references and people you can talk to after consulting the Lord. Right. Before you take on partners and give out equity because it can come back to haunt you. It can, and I definitely agree with um, seeking out legal counsel. That's something that I did not initially do early on in my business, but in the last, I would say like three years specifically because we shifted the structure of our business um, to a business structure I had not had before. And through Coach Garlinda, I was able to connect with a business attorney and he helped to develop some contracts and things of that nature. So you definitely, when you are thinking about any aspect of your business, you want to Think about where you need to seek legal counsel, where you need to seek tax counsel and tax advisement, because again, there's safety in that, and that's how you run a legitimate business. So, I'll go ahead. No, I'm listening. But I think that a lot of times, too, people think they can't afford it, but you would be surprised how inexpensive an attorney is. I think um, that a lot of times we think, oh, we're going to need a retainer or they're going to charge all this money, but they're looking for new clients just like you're looking for new clients. And so um, a lot of attorneys will only charge you, like, for example, Marvin and I wanted an attorney um, to look at a contract that we were going to sign when we were recording a show. And he charged us like $125. I mean, to review another document, it was like $75, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to go back, when I had the first partner, when I first opened the real estate office, not the company, um, when I was trying to get out of the partnership, it was never formulated on paper. But a friend of mine said, I think you should talk to a business attorney. And so he connected me with a corporate attorney. And that corporate attorney told me by virtue of us having a verbal agreement that I had created a contract. And okay. so... I still had to get that partner, that ex-partner to sign um, a release of interest, although we had never formally had anything in writing because I had implied that there was a relationship. And so if that party had wanted to fight it, they could have. And so that's what seeking legal counsel in the beginning will do for you. We'll figure out, okay, I don't want to imply that we're working together and we're, you know, we're going to be a business together. It needs to be in writing. That's really scary. And that's excellent advice. And I agree. I remember when um, those of you that are coaches that will um, just watch this, 
um, this video. This is really a, not only a training video, this is just like business wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I got ready to publish my book and I was signing a self-publishing agreement with the initial publisher that published, I was going under her company as a self-published author. Then I remember looking for an attorney and there wasn't one in the Fayetteville, North Carolina area. There was one about two hours away in Greensboro, North Carolina. Just back to your remark about the cost. And so I called them and I said, hey, I have um, like a two page contract that I want to just, re you know, refer or review with you to determine if this is like a good um, deal or something I should go into with this publishing company and he said well just come on up he said I probably won't charge you anything and he said I probably won't charge you more than $50 if I charge you he said because I give everybody a free consultation and it sounds like what you have is pretty straightforward and we'll just check it out from there so I only had to invest a tank of gas to drive two hours away to have attorney look at it he didn't even charge me I don't believe that he charged me and if he did I promise you it wasn't more than $50 I almost want to say that he did not charge me yeah. and he said because it's not worth it you know he said I can just advise you you know within he said he said I'll charge you $50 if you go over the hours because he gave a free hour he said but what you need I probably can answer that in like 15 minutes and so I just and really that's really say that again no go ahead no go ahead okay I was just saying like you know I agree with you when you shared that Oftentimes we, you know, put roadblocks in our way that we can't afford attorneys. Now that's not to say attorneys are not, cannot get pricey because if you go to a real estate closing attorney, you're talking $400, right? <laughs> that's as a start point. And of course, divorce attorneys and all that, but just, it's not beyond the possibility um, of having the, you know, you can't afford it. And then that goes back to, again, if you have this equity, not equity, but this funding that you've gotten, from the companies like what Garlinda shared, um, then you're going to develop a budget around that because that's what you do when you're in business. You want to sit down and write out a budget and that attorney fee or that cost could be part of your budget and your startup costs, right? Well, let me say this too. Yeah, so I totally agree. And so when people say budget, well, what if I don't have any money? Well, you do have money. It's just how are you budgeting it, right? And so thinking of startup costs, is some, a few ways where you can get the money is you can sell things on eBay, right? Um, I sold an empty, sh an empty Michael Jordan shoebox on eBay that went to Puerto Rico for $17. Like, who buys an empty shoebox but people want the stuff that's in your home? You can raise the money that way. You can get the business credit card, even if you have little to no credit or bad credit. Um, you can use your own personal credit card. But the one thing I'm going to encourage you to do is when you're starting out, don't try to live off the money that you're making. If you make $20, put it back in the business and put it in your business account. If you make $120, put that in your business account. If you make $500, I think where people end up running themselves out of business the first year before they really even get their foot off the ground and get strong footing is they try to live off the money that their little business is making but come on it's like saying that i'm gonna take a little baby and be like you need to go to yale today you just popped out the womb but i'm gonna need you to pay for your you got to pay your way and now we are hold the baby in yale so yeah. if you need to live off of it from the beginning you don't need to live off of it now and that's how you're going to pay the attorney. That's how you're going to pay the accountant. That's how you're going to order your business cards and have working capital. So I just encourage you, don't start out trying to, to live off of your business. I agree. I think definitely reinvestment is really powerful mm -hmm. because it has that connotation of compound interest. 
Mm-hmm. And so you guys can look that up. <laughs> look up compound you interest. Feel like, you're not, like you feel like you should get something out of it? Because I probably feel this way. Like, well, I should get to keep something out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I put all my time into it. Pay 10% of your tithes. Pay yourself 10% and put the money back in your business. So if you make $200, keep 20 and call it a day, right? That way you still gave yourself something, a reward you know, for all the work that you put into it, but it's not rewarding to keep it all and don't know how you're going to keep it afloat. I totally agree. I think it it was probably like five years before me and my husband paid ourselves a salary. And when we did, it was just like Coach Garlanda said, it was $5, $10, $20. And then it progressed up as we made more money. But you need to think about, as you're thinking about your startup costs, and then we're going to shift on to scheduling. But when you think about your startup costs, you need to write out what is due so if it's your website, if it's the attorney, if it's um, you include your salary, if you pay tithes, set aside money for taxes, depending on your business structure. I think that's very important. And the more that you do those things, you won't be stressed when lean times come because you would have prepared in advance. And, and because if you're a new business, you may not know those expenses, but you can call each of those companies that you plan on working with, like um, whoever's going to be your internet carrier and get an estimation of cost. Right. So like Garlanda said, Coach Garlanda said, just getting a binder and a notebook and just beginning to calculate your startup costs. But also, I'll just add this as a caveat, even though I know you're the expert, but I, what comes up right. like is going to the small business center in your home city or town. And a lot of um, community colleges have a small business center, and a lot of them are affiliated with the Small Business Association and um, the Small Business and Technology Development Center. And they have free business classes that cover the entire gamut from um, startup to mature businesses. And they cover everything in between capital, venture capital, funding, equity, um, taxes, business accounts, checking account, pitching, you know, a lot of things that we're covering today. And so some of those, many of those classes are free and if they're not free, I remember taking several business classes. They might have been $50, $60, and it was worth it, again, in the startup cost, education, and professional development. So let me say what's free 99 and this is just how I've lived my life, right? This is how I've always – I don't take advice from people that haven't done it, right? So if you haven't gone where I want to go or done what I want to do, I'm not asking you for advice only because – you can't tell me how to get there, right? So I encourage you, make a list of people that are doing what you want to do. You will be so surprised at how professionals, now I'm not talking about people that are greedy. I'm talking about professionals want to give their information away. They want to tell you how they got started because they're so passionate about it. They know that you're not going to, even if you were to copy letter for letter, tittle for tittle, eye for eye, T for T, everything that they did, you're still not going to do it the same way because what God has for them is for them and what God has for you is for you. And like yesterday, um, just to tie back and we'll go into scheduling, is um, Dr. Patrice's husband did an interview with a, um, a coffee roaster and a coffee judge. He called him the 007 of coffee. Uh-huh. That man said, I'm not sharing my information with you. Like even in Carborough, you're in Fayetteville. Like that's not far enough down the road. 
for me to give you my trade secrets. But but he was open. He was like, you know, this is why I started this company. This is why I'm passionate about it. And whatever I can do to help you to be successful, that is what I want to do. Professionals, that's how we operate, right? So if you call me or you email me, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's a thousand dollars. I'm going to say, okay, tell me what it is you want to do. You know, what are you looking at? I'm going to give you free advice and I'm going to give you guidance to start out with. Now you can't call me every day and we're not going to be talking, you know, two and three hours a day. But if you call me, I want to give the information away because you're not taking any way, anything away from me, right? right? You're, I'm sowing a seed and the Lord is going to bless that. Amen. I totally agree with that. Um, so now then, again, this isn't necessarily in um, any particular order, but let's talk about scheduling because we're talking about marketing and we're talking about um, best practices, if you will, from a marketing expert, again, Coach Garlanda Price. So do you have or do you recommend that a small business have a marketing schedule? And if so, um, how does that look? And how do you maintain consistency within your marketing? So I guess when you say marketing schedule, so you just mean like marketing your business on a day-to-day, but I'm thinking an entrepreneur schedule from on a day-to-day operation, but let's talk about a marketing schedule. So to me, that goes into lead generating. It's going to depend on what type of business that you have, but mm-hmm. I really believe that every single day you should be talking to somebody about your business. You should be, depending on what your business is and how fast you want to grow, right? You should be talking to no less than 30 people a day about when you start out. You won't mm-hmm. always have to do that. It may sound like a lot in the beginning, but over time, referrals is going to be your business, right? It, it might take you about one to two to three years max. But if you're consistent with your marketing every single day for one to three years, you will never have to look for another client because word of mouth and referral-based business is going to pay you, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens is most people aren't consistent. So what I would encourage you to do if you're trying to figure out a marketing schedule is hit the live button. Dr. Carter always thinks that's funny when I say that, (laughs) right? But you got to go live. You got to go live on social media. You have to... um, See how we're recording this video? We're not live anywhere, right? But we could be, and we'd be okay with that. If you say, well, I just cannot see myself going live, looking crazy, how's my hair going to look? Then record yourself, record your content. And so I made a note, this was yesterday, because Dr. Carter and I, y'all, I text and drive. I'll confess and admit it, repent, you know, ask the Lord for forgiveness. But while I was driving, I was talking about a new content calendar for my videos. And so what you want to do is think about what is your knowledge base? What do you want to share with people, right? You can do it on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Don't pick more than two. Because if, especially if you work a full-time job or um, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a minister, you're having to juggle all these things. The reason why you want to have a marketing strategy and a marketing calendar is because you don't have to think about it. Write it out for the next 30 to 90 days, right? And make it about a whole bunch of different stuff. The one thing about Dr. Carter is she has the profits diet, right? So for everyone that wants to be a vegan and eat whole foods and healthy foods, they go to that page. She has her doctor page where she talks about coaching and coaching practice and why become a life coach. And then she could easily have a lifestyle or a coffee page because she's a part owner of Hollywood Java. So think about what is interesting to you. Do you love puppies? Do you love knitting? right? Do you love natural hair or do you love bleaching your hair? So think about the things that you can incorporate into your business. So you're not always just talking about your business, but that is still your marketing strategy. 
So think about for the next 30 days without overwhelming yourself, what is something I want to talk about three to five times a week, right? So that's not even hard. For the next 30 days, three to five times a week, it means you'd end up doing, I cannot add great, 20 videos. But what's, guess what those 20 videos can turn into? The 20 videos that you record, they go on all of your social media platforms. You can put them on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. You don't even have to re-record them, right? They become your playlist. But what is the prophet's name? I can't think of his name, but he wrote Prophet Arise. I think that was the name oh, of John it. Ed, Apostle John Eckhart. John Eckhart. His Facebook post became that book. Profit Arise is nothing more than his Facebook post every day for however many years it was. So your videos become, they can become your book, depending on what you're talking about. Um, it can become your webinars and your e-courses. And so I think marketing is extremely important. And if you're a secret agent, no one's going to know about you. And then you're only going to be trying to share with your friends and family and wondering why they're not buying because they don't have no more money to buy. They already bought when you first launched, right? So You've got to find new people. So when you set you, the question may be after I say that, where do I find the people? And so I encourage you to create a list of a hundred people, no less than a hundred, but as many as 300, if you can, starting out, who do you know and who knows you and who wants to help you? And you don't have to be calling them to ask them to buy something. Just call and say, Hey, Dr. Carter, you may not know it, or you may not recall, but I own Fusion Properties LLC, a real estate company. We just launched our construction side. If you know anyone from work or church that's looking to have some work done, you know we do painting, flooring, all types of home improvement projects up to $30,000. Keep me in mind. But I'm not asking her, hey, are you, you know, you got any home improvement projects I can do? Initially, when you're marketing, you just want to start out telling people what you do, right? Right. If, you, if you're nervous to go live, what is some other way you can market yourself through your Facebook post? But it can't just be text. When you write on a post, nobody's reading that. Mm -hmm. Our attention span is that of a net. I'm not reading all that. You know, when people put long post alert, delete. I ain't reading all that. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I bypass. I won't read it. That's why video is so important. And so if I had to tell you today to create your marketing schedule, yes, create one. Make it for the next 30 days. Write out 20 topics, 20 contents that you want to talk about, right? And it can be about anything. And if I had to pick two platforms, I'll say three. It'll be Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube with the most important to me in my, in Garlanda's opinion, being YouTube. And the reason I say that is because YouTube is the most watched, um, I'll call it a network because it is a network. It's the most watched channel and um, live video content above all three of the major cable networks in the entire country. Wow. So if you want to reach an audience, people are watching YouTube TV. Like we no longer have cable. Dr. Carter has not had cable since Jesus was a baby, right? <laughs> so if you want to think about how to reach the most people, you're going to reach more people on YouTube than you do on Instagram and Facebook. And you're in a less competitive market because why? If people will sit and watch somebody eat as entertainment or they'll watch them go thrift shopping as entertainment or they'll watch them do TikToks as entertainment, they're going to watch you. Right. You have something that they're interested in that they will find entertaining. Did I answer the question? You did. And that takes us to our next question, which is about um, sales pitching and about basically just presenting yourself to potential clients for coaches. So my question is, is it important to have a script 
um, in a sales script or some type of sales pitch? And if so, why or why not? You got to know what you're going to say, right? Because there's nothing more nerve wracking than having someone you really want to connect with and you like, and then you flub over it. You can't go back and redo it, right? Like I want to redo. So, <laughs> cause there's no redo. And so I, now I'm a, I'm a fan of scripts because I've always been in sales, but what scripts do is they take the pressure off of what am I going to say? So that means every time I call those 30 people that I talked about, I don't have to think about what I'm going to say because all 30 people hear the same thing, right? And so if I'm a coach and I'm calling, I don't have a coach script, but if I, and I could make up one right quick, but let's just say this. So um, if I'm calling Dr. Carter, Dr. Carter, you know, you may not remember, but I just launched my coaching business. It's called Launch It 30 Days to Greatness, Six Figure Success Biblical Principles. And that mouthful, all that says is that I help um, women launch and create six figure businesses from scratch. Who do you know from work or church, you know, that you could think of that I could maybe call today? Right. And so I'm just going to say that to the next 30 people that I'm going to call. If it's real estate. Okay. Hey, Dr. Carter, just a reminder, you know, I own Fusion Properties LLC. And I wanted to ask you who, you know, from work or church that might be looking to buy a home, sell a home, invest in real estate that I could call that's going to do that within the next 30 days. She may say, oh, I know so-and-so. She may say she doesn't know anyone. But before I get off the phone, by the way, Dr. Carter, when you plan on moving, she's going to say, girl, I just bought the house. Whatever the conversation is, I'm saying that to the next set of 30 people that I'm calling. So I see value in writing out what you're going to say. And don't call it a script because that scares, for not Dr. Carter, but for you that's going to find this video or listen to the video, you don't have to call it a script. Just call it, this is my dialogue. Right. And but this is what makes me confident. It's going to give you confidence, right? Because you know what you're going to say to everybody. And what I, what I would, this is what I hear from coaches a lot. No slight on coaches, but I hear them saying, I am a transformation, transformative, life-changing, life-altering. Um, it's this long litany list about um, what they do, but then you're like, well, what do you do? Like you end up like, what is transformative, transformational coach? What is that? Mm -hmm. Right. Or life altering. Like, so make sure that what you're telling people when you call to introduce your business is so impactful and simple that, that a child can understand what you do. Right. So when you're thinking about your script, you're thinking about your dialogue, make sure you, that people understand what you're saying. But right. I do think, important and how do you write one just start out writing what you want people to know write out five bullet points this these are the five things i want people to know about what i do i want them to know that i work with residential real estate commercial real estate i do renovations and um i can't think of five things but i would just say i want them to know residential commercial and renovations these are the things that we do do you know anybody i work with buyers and sellers and so write out your five things and then create your dialogue around those five things that's all they make it three if you can because mm -hmm. the simpler the better and i think it's okay to say this is just my own opinion it's okay to say those five things hey you know i'm dr patrice carter and i just want to share with you i certify equip and train christian life coaches i just want to share with you the top three things that my company has accomplished and just be upfront about it and straightforward so i think we make things like i know i have in the past made things really hard so along the lines of um what we're talking about as far as like your pitch and your scripts that takes us into strategy so can you just give us just three bullets of your top three 
marketing strategies that were the most successful or that are the most successful that you use consistently? Okay, so, okay, so three of the most successful for me is one, contacting people that know me, love me, and trust me, right? It's contacting my sphere of influence um, and asking for referrals. So when I contact my sphere of influence and ask them for their business or share with them what I do, I'm also going to ask them to refer me of the business. Then those referrals, I'm going to ask for referrals. And then the third thing that has worked well for, the third thing that has worked really well for me is going live on social media and being consistent about my marketing posts and letting my personality come through. I love Snapchat. So if there's some crazy Snapchat filter that I can tie into my marketing for my business, then I'm going to do that. But that's because I'm, I'm comical to me. Right. And then fourth thing that has worked for me is I see everybody as a friend. If I'm in the grocery store, I'm out and about, I'm always chatting up strangers. Like I love strangers, not crazy people, but, but I don't meet a stranger. And so if you're that person that's confident in meeting other people and talking to other people, meet people while you're out and about and just share with them. Hey, you know, I do life coaching. I want to share a business card with you. You may not have a need for my service, but someone, you know, may. I love it. Okay. And then now this takes us, um, to advertising, which definitely goes hand in hand with marketing. And so I would ask, what do you consider the top types of marketing? If there's anything additional than what we've already talked about. So you've talked about calls, warm calls and cold calls. You've talked about referrals and you've talked about social media and hitting the live button. But what are your thoughts on, you know, formal advertising, low budget, midstream, high budget? I would say that I wouldn't waste money on um, billboards and things like that. I wouldn't waste money on print media. That's just my personal opinion because there's a, a less than 1% return. And I know that from experience, but I also know that from the numbers because only people reading newspapers now, a physical newspaper, are 51 and older. The age may have even gone up higher to 60 and older. So if you're not targeting a senior market, then you don't need to be advertising in the newspaper. Um, you don't need to be wasting money advertising in professional um, magazines. Like for example, we have local magazines. I've done that type of marketing. It didn't net me any return. I've done radio. It didn't net me any return. And so I think what happens is that's called passive marketing. And so what happens is people want to spend their money on passive marketing because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. But it's super expensive and it will run you out of business. And yeah. so if you want to think, how am I going to best grow my business and make the most money possible? It's belly to belly, conversation to conversation. If you're that chicken, send a text or an email because email is making a big comeback. Email lists are making a huge comeback. So that's what I would say. Don't waste your money on print media. Don't waste your money on radio and television. Spend your money on relationship building. Well, so just a caveat that, so if you are a coach who is in the market of 60 and older and 55 and up, then there is some value for you in newspaper and media. But also what I want to share with those of you that are watching or that will watch this training is also asking to be a guest on other people's radio shows, asking to be a guest on somebody's blog, or if they would do a feature on you in a blog post. And also I believe that there's a business section in every local newspaper where they mm -hmm. will highlight you for free when you're a new business owner. And so again, business owners, podcasters, bloggers, they're always looking for guests. Radio hosts are always looking for guests. So it goes back to, again, that free advertising. So there is a lot of value in advertising, but I would suggest that you do it for very, like very to little to no cost or free. And, and it's totally doable. So That's a coach, 
just, again. just to piggyback on that one thing. So when I thought people were getting tired of looking at me, like who would, right? But just in case they were, <laughs> I started interviewing other pros, right? That tied into my business. So in the real estate, I started interviewing other mortgage. I started interviewing mortgage lenders, attorneys, financial planners, credit repair counselors, and other lenders, I would bring them on to what I call the fuse, which is my, that's what I call my online show for real estate. Mm -hmm. So if you're nervous to get on there and talk about yourself, like Dr. Carter just said, even if you don't get invited and you're like, well, nobody's inviting me, invite yourself and create your own platform. And how you create your own platform is to have other pros come on there. You're going to be um, garnered as an expert, even if you ain't got an eyes balls clue in whatever talk about what you're talking about, you're going to look like an expert because you have other experts. Now, so you, use that to market your business. Do you recommend um, if coaches do do that, um, develop some type of like coaching television or, you know, by way of video and call it television or through their YouTube channel or social media, or even on their blog, do you recommend that they mainly stick with complimentary businesses and not competing businesses? That's a good question. You know, it's not that I wouldn't have another real estate broker on my show if we were talking about the state of the market because I'm not intimidated by another real estate pro. But if they end up being more knowledgeable or more personable than you are, it could backfire. <laughs> so, so I would probably stick with, I have not had other realtors and I'm not going to promote the realtors' businesses, um, but I have had... Um, parallel businesses like you just said you probably used a better word than i use but um if it's a, a if it's a business that falls into what i do like a home inspector or an appraiser something that is a um a partnership vendor for me then i'll have them on the show but i'm probably not going to bring a competing person on there okay and then um if you could just bulletize this for us what are your top three best business practices one is asking for business, right? If you don't ask, you don't get. So you got to ask for the business. You have to end every call with the ball in your court. The second thing is follow up. I'm going to follow up until you buy or die. Like that is my, that's our lingo in real estate. So unless I've seen your obituary cross over the newspaper, I don't even read a newspaper, but unless I've seen your obit, I'm calling you till you buy or die, right? And then the third thing is relationship. So I'm, I'm going to have a great relationship with you because I'm always sending you a per, a card at Christmas, Easter, um, sometime just to say, hey, remember me? I hope you're still loving your home and I'm mailing you my business card. So when you think about selling or you know somebody that's thinking about buying or selling, I have top of mind share. So a personal note, phone call, um, and emails. Those are the things I would recommend. Love it. And then what are your top three don'ts? things that you absolutely should not do as a business owner top three do not do's top three don'ts is don't talk down about other businesses don't go on rants on your social media pages don't be unprofessional publicly don't have religious and political debates with people you're never going to be able to go to my page and see who i who i'm voting for for president you're never gonna you're gonna find jesus up now if jesus is president you're gonna see all that over there um, you're never going to see me ranting about, um, you know how people have those code conversations, you know, they're talking about somebody, but you don't really know who they're talking about and it just doesn't make sense. Um, you're not going to find cursing videos and lewd things over on my page. So I think that you really have to present yourself online like a pro. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing you don't want to do is don't waste income 
producing activity time, building a website, growing a blog, um, posting on social media, that is not income producing activity. So when we're talking about going live and we're talking about posting on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook, that's not marketing. I mean, that's marketing, but that's not lead generating. Lead mm -hmm. generating is when you're physically talking to a person, asking them to do business with you or asking them to share business. So don't waste the time that you do have to grow your business doing things that don't generate an income. Well, how do you know? Ask yourself why you're doing it. Is this going to make me money right now? Mm -hmm. It's not a phone call. It's not going to make you money. If it's not asking somebody for the business via text, email, or phone, it's not going to make you money, right? And so those are the things to think about is while I'm doing this, am I really just consciously avoiding asking somebody for their business? Mm -hmm. That's what I, those are the things I wouldn't do. Okay. I love it. And so and don't, and buy leads. Don't, don't buy business leads. Like I've done that in the past. Um, but until you grow your business to a certain place and to a certain level, you can run yourself out of business investing in leads and white page ads and things like that. Um, there's too much free stuff out there and you know enough people that you can gain business from the people you already know. So guys, you heard that do not buy business leads. I love that. Okay. So that's a good segue into pricing because of course, when you call someone for business, one of the first things they ask top five is how much does it cost? Right. Right. Everybody wants to know the cost. So now this is specifically speaking to coaching and coaches and setting their particular rate. So what is, as a coach, as a fixed figure success coach, what is your pricing strategy or what do you recommend um, in terms of pricing strategies for coaching programs? So that's a good question. You know, every, so for coaching programs. So I recommend you Google and see what people are charging based on how much experience you have, mm -hmm. right? Because, and, and I don't think that you should charge less just because you're starting out because I brought experience into this game. So whatever it is I'm doing, I'm worth every dime I'm asking for now based on what I've already done, mm -hmm. right? I'm charging you for what I already know, right? right. Even, if I, even if I have a new title as coach, I didn't just become a coach today. When I had my job at McDonald's in high school, I was learning entrepreneurship skills. When I had a job at the mall, I was learning leadership skills. And so what you're getting today and what you're paying for is the best of me over the last 51 years of my life. Right. And so I think that when you think about what are you going to charge is you have to know who your client is. So I would recommend doing that, finding out first, who is my target market and can they afford to pay me? Right. And so if you're saying who can afford to pay me, but you're working with people that make, let's say, and this is not a slide, I don't even want to name salaries. Let's just say you're looking at a certain salary range of low to middle income. Well, they might not be investing in coaching. They may want to, but they're in the low to middle income range. But if you're looking somewhere in middle, high middle income to, um, the upper class, those people have more discretionary, more disposable income that they could invest in coaching. And I encourage you to think about first, who is your client, right? Mm -hmm. and, and all money is good money. I normally say all money ain't good money. And it's true, right? So think about who is your client? Who do I want to work with? Who do I enjoy? What is their age? What is their occupation? What do they do? And how can I find them? Mm -hmm. And once you find one, you'll begin to find others. And so I encourage you, if you don't know who your, your tribe is, for lack of a better word, join some groups on Facebook, right? 
If you love to cook and get in some cooking groups. If you love pets and ponies, get in some pets and ponies group. If you love jewelry making, get in jewelry making groups. And from there, as you begin to express interest in other people, they're going to express interest in you. But reference, I'm always going to charge what I'm worth. Right? right? And so think about what is your, what's the value of your time? Right. And so what we used to do and how we determine it in real estate. And I even, I think I've transitioned, I've transferred the same thought over into, into our coaching practice, but in real estate, like however long, let's just say I'm gonna, I have a calculator out. If I have a check potentially for $3,500 and I had to work with that client for 25 hours to find them a home, get them to close and to get that $3,500, then I was worth $140 an hour. So think about how much money you're going to make, how many hours am I going to have to work with that client and divide that by the number of hours to see what it is you want to make. But I would think starting out in coaching and Dr. Carter can correct me if I'm wrong, start out somewhere between 50 to $75 an hour. If you're a new coach, mm-hmm. then as you gain more experience, you can begin to charge 75 to 150, 150 to 300, 300 to 500, 500 to a thousand. You can incrementally go from there, depending on how much time you're having to spend with people, you'll be able to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. That may sound low, but if people don't know you and they haven't had experience with you, there's nothing wrong with starting out there for 90 days. I'm not saying start there and stay there, but anywhere from 50 to $100 an hour starting out. I agree. I started out at $10 an hour for eight weeks for group coaching because I never coached before. And then I graduated to $100 um, an hour. Then I graduated to $300. Then I graduated to packages. And got all the way up to like, you know, 1900, 2700, 5000. So it just runs the gamut. But I absolutely, even back in the day of starting as a consultant, I started at $50 an hour. I actually started at free because I gave away a lot of services just to get the experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then um, let's talk about your entrepreneurial challenges. So um, thank you again for so much for all the just wonderful information that you're sharing. But tell us, Um, maybe one of your most challenging um, situations that you faced in business and how you overcame it. Oh my Lord. So it's so, it's so many. I'm trying to think of one. believing that I'm just as good as they are, right? So I don't want to make it about a certain experience because, you know, in business, you're going to have highs and lows, right? You're going to have high highs and low lows. Plus that's a question coming up. So I don't want to answer to that yet. But okay. the one thing that I wrote out, um, we, we, have the, we have this dry erase board on our wall in our dining room. It's now to the right of me. And on that dry erase board, I wrote out the vision for fusion properties and why I wanted to own fusion properties and what all I was going to do and why I was just as good as the next person. And then after I wrote all that out and talked Marvin's head off, my husband, shout out to my lamb chop, top his head off for two hours. He said, um, I said, you think I should do it? He said, no, because if you don't believe you're going to be successful, why do it? He said, but don't keep talking my head off because I don't want to hear you complaining about it. Keep working for somebody else, making 75% of your commissions. I don't want to hear nothing else about it if you're not going to do it. So I really had to overcome the mindset that I was just as good as Century 21. I was just as good as Coldwell Banker. I was only competing with their top 20%. And what? And the same for coaches. What, what do I mean by that? Well, if 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I'm only competing with 20%. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Out of those 20%, who am I really competing against? Well, it's only the, the best of the best that they have, and I'm in line with the best of the best. So therefore, I'm really on the same level playing field as their top agents, and they don't even work for themselves. Right. They don't even get 100% of their money. So the challenge I had to overcome was believing that I was just as good as the franchises, although nobody was going to know my name. Well, it's my responsibility. People knew Garlinda, but they didn't know Fusion. So what people would say is, oh, I've never heard of Fusion Properties, and I would flip it on them. What? Where you been? You haven't heard of Fusion? Like, I've never had anybody say that to me before. <laughs> so I would turn it on them like, oh, you haven't? Well, we've been in business, you know, like for 12 months. Like, I would flip it on them like, what, what rock you been hiding under? <laughs> what? Like, maybe I don't want to do business with you because you're not even in the know, right? <laughs> I tried to dumb it down on them, right? <laughs> so that's what you have to do is you have to know I might not have been coaching as long as Dr. Carter, but I got this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I came through her coaching program. I, she's taught me everything that she knows, and she had to build it from the ground up. If she can do it, I can do it. And people say, well, how long have you been coaching? Well, I've been coached by someone that had over 30 years of experience, and I have learned from the best. Don't take it back to you. Take it back to what your team has, right? right? So those are two, well, what was the other challenge? Is believing that where I was, with believing that I had enough to start where I was, right? Uh -huh. So the quote is, "Begin where you are with what you have." Mm -hmm. And so, if the Lord says start, I didn't sit staying up all night, mealy mouth, and trying to figure out what we're gonna do. I'm launching today. That's God's responsibility. God, you don't tell me to go. I'm jumping out the airplane without a parachute. You better figure out how we strap that monkey on on the way down, like, cause you the one. <laughs> Right. So I don't, so don't overset over obsess or obsess over not having enough and not knowing enough because where you are with what you have is good enough to go. And then how did your company improve as a result of you overcoming these challenges? Because then I didn't have to, because I wasn't focused on me. See, what happens is when I'm worried about where's the money going to come from, or if I'm worried about how it's going to happen or what I'm going to do, then I'm not focused on service. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not to say that those things didn't cross my mind, but if I focus on providing an excellent service, service is a byproduct of, um, I'm sorry, the commissions are a byproduct of service. Success mm -hmm. is a byproduct of service. So I'm going to get paid if I serve you. And so I just look for more people to serve. How can I help you today? How can I serve you? What can I do for you? I look for people that I can answer questions for. Dr. Carter, do you have any real estate questions like pressing or burning? You know, when you have real estate questions, who do you go to? I'd love to be your go-to person. So I was always out there lead generating. Wherever I am at the end of that day, I wasn't going to leave that day of work without three leads. Mm -hmm. So I set a standard. You have to set a standard for yourself. And the standard has to be, excellence because God said in everything that you do do it as excellence unto the Lord right, right. so you got to set the standard every day is today I need money mm -hmm. right? how much money do I need today and Dr. Carter and I did this um challenge I want to say it was a few a couple years ago oh that was awesome yeah how can I make was it $30 a day or $100 a day it was something so small I feel right? like it was I feel like it was $100 a day or $300 a day challenge or something like that. Yeah. So the, when we end today, how much money did you make today? Right? Because that's all that's going to matter is how many people did I serve? 
and how much money did I make today? And so you've got to set a standard for yourself that says, when I walk in the door and I hit that switch on the wall, I expect something to happen. When, mm-hmm. when I open the door to the refrigerator, I expect to see something in there. And when I tell <laughs> I need to see something. And when I tell my family I'm going to do something and they come and ask me, did I do it? I let them hold me accountable to what I said I was going to do. So if you don't have children or you don't have a husband yet, you've got to be the one to hold you accountable. So those are the obstacles I had to overcome was holding myself accountable, knowing I'm just as good as they are and beginning where I was with what I had. I love it. Okay, so next question is, because one thing I, we hear often in business and marketing, and I believe this, is that the fortune is in the follow-up, and you've talked about that. Um, you've talked about buy until you die. So we understand just through your conversation and through what you've shared that follow-up is critical and it's key. So how do you track your follow-up? So what's the best system or practice that you've used in tracking and following up with your potential clients or your actual clients? I'm such an old school person, so I may not be the best, but like if people were here were to hear what I'm getting ready to say, you're probably on the other side of the screen, like scratching your eyeballs out. But I'm a paper girl, right? Mm-hmm. Because people will say, well, you can't remember everything. You're going to forget somebody. Well, I just told you you were making a list of 30 people a day to call and it's in a binder. So unless you lose the binder, the dog eats it or you burn it. It's not lost, right? And so, you know, some people use, I know that some people in real estate and in coaching, they still use a a file system, like Mm -hmm. the little cards. I can't do that. But I use a binder. I use my phone. Um, So let's say I call Dr. Carter today and she says, well, call me back in 30 days. I'm going inside my phone because we all have smartphones. I'm putting her on the calendar for 30 days to call her back in 30 days about her property at 123 Main Street or about coaching, whatever it was we were talking about. And so you have to have a follow-up system that works for you. And once somebody tells you no one time and you don't call them back, you're already out the game. Mm -hmm. Once you contact them four times and you don't call them back, you're out the game. See, the pros, we're just waiting for you to move, right? We're just waiting for you to get out of the way because the average person is only going to call a lead once. The second lowest average person is going to call them four times, but the pro is going to call them. The deal is done between the sixth and the twelfth call. Okay. Right. So you can hang on to be the last man standing. You're going to win, not because you were the best, but because you were the last one. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to be the best, right? <laughs> like, does that make sense? And so I remember when the Lord blessed me to go, I wanted to sell beach houses so bad, like it was nobody's business. I said, God, so when he told me, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm opening the way for you to go to Wilmington, North Carolina to sell beach houses, I was like, yes. And so I was like, but how, what are we going to do? I don't know anybody, right? Or at least I thought I didn't. Mm-hmm. So the Lord gave me a backdoor strategy, and I remember these people calling me, and we were out there, the lady that met us at the property had magazines, bottles of waters, I've shared this story before, she made me look bad, right, because I didn't have anything to hand to people, not even a folder, mm-hmm. and so when she left, they literally, they literally asked me, um, well, how long have you been selling real estate, right, now my <laughs> point, I've probably been in real estate seven, six or seven years, maybe, mm-hmm. I said, probably six or seven years. And I said, well, how did you find, you know, how did you come about reaching out to me? He said, well, we called several realtors and they didn't answer the phone. You happen to be the one that answered the phone. That's when I knew, oh, I got this. I'm about to sell it this whole beach, right? <laughs> because you just have to be the last man. <laughs> I wasn't even good because I didn't know the beach property. I didn't know the beach lingo. So I encourage you just be consistent mm-hmm. and you're going to win. I love it. Okay, so thank you again. How are you doing? I know we've been on 
doing this training for a bit, you still hanging in there with us? Girl, I'm on your time. Okay. Helping people in business, and it's this is marketplace ministry, right? And so it never gets old. I, people have to tell me to shut up, stop talking about it. Same thing with real estate. When you're doing, and this is how your coaching practices for those of you that are listening, how it's going to be. Like you're not going to get tired of sharing with people what it is that you do because there's somebody waiting on you to help them through their breakthrough. There's somebody waiting on you to help them through their struggle. And so you can't get, it's one of the words that you can't grow weary and well doing because in season, if you don't faint, you're going to reap the reward. So y'all, Dr. Carter might give me a raise if I don't faint and I just keep going. <laughs> in Jesus' name, um, and so that raise will come as we increase these coaches and coaches. The raise is coming. So um, the next question we have is you you alluded to and touched on lamb chop. So we know if you guys have not figured out by now, lamb chop is my brother in law, is aka Garlinda's husband, aka Pastor Marvin Price Jr. And so I want to talk about as coaches. I think what happens. I've seen this happen, um, good and bad, is we have supporters and we have haters, right? And so with that, I wanted to talk about your inner circle of entrepreneurship. These were questions that I was asked um, when I was in an interview previously with, as an entrepreneur with the other round table, and I thought these, this was such a great question. And one of the things that she asked, uh, the moderator asked, and I want to ask you for the coaches that are going through this training is, um, who was involved in your decision making as it relates to becoming an entrepreneur and was it, and if it was your spouse or this significant other or family members was it hard to convince them that starting a business was a good idea Ooh, that's a good one i love that question so for my spouse it was not hard to convince him of any good idea he's always on board for every harebrained idea i have um, he's always, I feel like, been my biggest supporter. I feel like he's always been my biggest fan. And then I look at my children, my husband, and our dog as I owe them, right? Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely feel like I have a responsibility to them because at the end of the day, I don't owe anybody else anything. But I owe them everything because they're the ones that are going to have to um, feel the sacrifice. They're going to want be the ones that get to celebrate or they're going to be the ones that get neglected based on time if I have to go be somewhere else. Um, but another um, huge part of my inner circle are my mom and dad. Of course, Dr. Carter and my brother. But my dad, um, and I share this story all the time, when I saw him, we were little pumping gas and his hands were just so dry. And he, um, he would work full time during the day. He had just come back from Vietnam. He couldn't get a job. So he was in sales and insurance. And that's probably where I get my love of sales from. But at night, he would pump gas to make money for our family. And so when I, and it was freezing cold outside. And I still remember my mom handing him the coffee and his hand coming in the car and looking all dry. And he was shivering. And I owe them. Right. And so I feel like my quitting or my not moving forward is failing their hard work. And so you've got to find that star. You've got to find that let that mark and that leverage for you that says, come hail a high water, come hate or a supporter. I don't care what anybody else says. And they don't have to support me in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but I owe it to somebody to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so I would say my family and my children is a big part of that. I love it. So that was the answer to the next question, which was going to be what's your why? Mm -hmm. And um, at least I feel this. So if you were going to say your why, 
would it be um, anybody or anything in addition to your children, your family, mommy, daddy, Michael, Bolt, our puppy love? <laughs> I feel like, you know, there's like Dr. Carter and I, we can't just for me, I can't look back in our family and remember a business owner. I can't look back in our family and, and see a millionaire because yeah. I don't know where they're there. I don't know if they were, I ain't see them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's my responsibility. I feel like that's our responsibility because I think, I feel like they probably wanted to be there, but I feel like too, they had to do what they had to do to survive. And so I know that my grandfather wanted to own a gas station, mm -hmm. right? And through the tricks and the wiles of the enemy that didn't happen. And so I believe that entrepreneurship came, would have come through him, or at least the introduction of it, but because he got sidetracked, now the Lord gave me that gift, and now I have to move forward with the gift, but somewhere down the line was an entrepreneur, somewhere down the line was a professional coach, somewhere down the line is the, are the things that you and I and all of us are becoming, and we owe it to our families to, to burst open that door so that now it becomes a part of our bloodline. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's so good. Yay, I love it. So we're at the end um, of the training. And guys, I don't know about you, but I just, again, glean and learn so much um, new information, new, I get new energy. I get renewed energy from Coach Carlinda. She's just so amazing. I get bigger and strength just to keep going and pick up that phone and make those cold calls and, um, set those goals and just run chase hard after her because she's chasing hard after God. And like her, I just want to leave a legacy. We want to leave a legacy. And we know that you do too. Um, one of the tenants for Breakpoint coaching is scripture where God says that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Ask me for um, the laborers and are asking for the harvest. And so with that, that's what our job is to do is to come into our respective and reflect the vineyards and work them unto the glory of God, which is Colossians 3, 23 through 24 and um so today we have had time i mean just an incredible time with this gift to the body of christ and to marketplace ministry coach six figure success coach garlanda price um so coach garlanda thank you so very much please tell our coaches a again the name of your book i'm going to of course share all the links but just okay. put it out there in the atmosphere so tell them the name of your book and when I say atmosphere, I don't mean this new AG. I mean that go out on the four winds because God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the wind, right? So we want to make sure that everyone knows um, who you are. They know about your book. They know how to find you if they want to take some coaching classes with you um, towards six-figure success. Because um, one of the things I do want to share is that Garlinda, Coach Garlinda's business is a great step up or step down. They call it a step down, you're not step down. How do I want to say that? A great next step once you complete your coach certification because a lot of times coaches do struggle with the marketing piece and how to put that into, you know, actualization and put feet to it. So I really, you know, just want to stress that she will be an excellent follow-on um, platform coaching um, investment for you as you're going about the process of not only becoming certified, standing your business up, but now actually putting feet and legs to it through marketing and success coaching. So tell us the name of your book and how the coaches can find you. Thank you. So the name of my book again is Launch It, 30 Days to Greatness, Six-Figure Success of Biblical Principles. When you go to my website, 
Again, the mindset book is out of stock. I hope to be restocking that this month, but the workbook to me is the very best tool and resource and they are in stock and they're actually on sale. I think they're $24.95, but if you go to garlindaprice.com, so it's www.garlindaprice.com, you'll see my coaching packages there. And I also have reduced the cost of the coaching packages because I know that people want and need affordability during this time. So if you find yourself in that place, I'm flexible there and you'll see that on my website. Um, but that's where you'll find the book. Um, you'll also find our cosmetics company on there as well. And I just wanted to um, leave you with the scripture of where I feel like the Lord has the corporate body right now and so this is what the lord wanted me to share to um i might end in the call dr carter will end the call but i just want to say thank you too before i share that thank you again for having me on i always love being here with you i always love sharing um because i feel like you add such value to the kingdom of god and so it's a blessing to do life and to do ministry with you and i love you thank you uh, <laughs> i love you too so deuteronomy eleven eleven says but the land you are crossing the jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven and so it, let me see if it was one before that i wanted to share okay let's start here deuteronomy eleven ten. i'm sorry the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of egypt right and so a lot of times we look at launching something new and starting something new and we compare it to our past and we're like, because a lot of times the past and the present can look the same because the enemy wants to confuse us about what's what and which direction to go, right? So in Deuteronomy 11.10, it says, the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which, you had, from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden, meaning you had to work it and toil it. Like Dr. Carter and I shared, we had to build these things on the ground. It was like being in Manila. We needed a machete, right? It was no toil it was a hand knife right you had to grow it but this is what the lord is saying about the corporate body of christ but the, so this is deuteronomy 11 11 but the land you are crossing the jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven so it is being watered from heaven you're not out here with a water hose trying to nurture and grow your your crops and your business it's coming from rain from heaven the lord is going to be blessing the works of your hand when you put hand to the plow and do the work this isn't name it, claim it. Like, I'm not going to have to do anything. The Lord blesses those whom he finds working, right? And then Deuteronomy 11:12, 12, this says, it is a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So he's never going to stop looking at your business, your marketplace ministry, the vision that he's given you to come forth because he's going to give it rain and he's going to be watching over it all year long. And then finally in Deuteronomy eleven thirteen, it says, so if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains. And so the autumn rains were the rains that were preparing um, for the harvest, right? The spring rains were when you were planting the seed and the ground and the soil in the ground. So right now we're in springtime, right? So the seeds are going in the ground. You're taking care of them and you're nurturing them and we need the rain to water them. But the Lord said, I'm even going to give you rain in the fall when it's time to harvest it. So both autumn and spring rains so that you may gather in your grain, new wine and olive oil. All you have to do is get to work. 
right? Don't overthink it. Don't obsess over it. Just start where you are with what you have and God is going to water and rain on everything else from heaven because it's not going to be like before where you had to till the ground and work the soil. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We received All right, that. So the last scripture should be um, 14. Okay. I say 13 was the last one, but it was 14. I love it. Thank you so much. What a rich word. And we received that in Jesus' name. Yeah. And so that it's timely because um, it's timely at whatever point any of the coaches watches this. At any time that you're watching this, um, coaches that will come on because the Bible says, What about God? That He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we bless you with that word. We receive that word in Jesus' name into our heart. And um, we will watch it, God perform it. We will wait to see it perform. And I will wait in expectation. And so, Coach Carlona, thank you so much again. Can I get you to pray us out this quickly? God mm -hmm. bless you. May he give back to you a thousandfold as it is unto your fathers. And your father's fathers, mm -hmm. your forefathers is what the word says. That's Deuteronomy 1 and 11. Amen. Thank you. Father, we just come humbly before you. We ask for forgiveness of our sins and thought and word and deed. We, God, we just thank you. You said we're two or more gathered in your name pertaining to anything in the earth realm that you are in the midst. And so, God, we just ask, seek, and knock for ourselves and for the coaches on today, God. Continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your word and your way. Continue to give those that will find this video clarity, God. They've been, if they've been seeking and wondering how to do, what to do, and how to go about things, God, let this be the answer to their prayers. God, I thank you for expanding their borders and territories. And God, I thank you for continuing to expand Dr. Carter and Breakpoint Coaching. And God, I thank you that you prosper the hands of everyone that is on here today um, and that will hear this video, even if it's a year from now, two years from now, two days from now, God, that you will bless the works of their hands. It says in Proverbs, I believe it's 14, that in all labor there is profit. So God, bless them to not look for today the work when they begin but to know that every hand that they put to the plow, every work that they do, that there will be profit in every single bit of every phone call, every writing, every no, every yes, that there will be profitability according to your word as it is written. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Father, we just thank you for this great woman of God, Pastor Garlanda Price, Coach Garlanda Price, for coming and so generously giving of her time and of her talent and her calling and her gifting to us here at Great Point, um, both individually and collectively, personally and professionally, and ask that you would again reward her and give it back to her a thousandfold. And would you pour back all the oil and the anointing to the overflow that she has given us? May she see the fruit of her labor today. God may it manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you. Thank you so much, and God bless you. God bless you too. Bye bye.